the Democrats have accidentally let the mask slip a little bit. On the surface, there is a humble facade showing good Americans who just want social justice for all and truly do believe in this country. But beneath the thin veneer is actually revolutionary communists and a fringe ideology. Not everybody, just some of them. And we're getting a glimpse of it because, as I mentioned, the mask slipped. The Democrats recently tweeted out that the 4th of July glorified white supremacy and then immediately deleted the tweet. The full details said that Trump's, ha- Trump's event glorifying white supremacy was being held at Mount Rushmore. And many people are taking that to, to, to assume they're calling Mount Rushmore racist. No, the event was there. But the event in question that they say glorifies white supremacy is literally just Independence Day. You see, Donald Trump wanted to have a fireworks ceremony at Mount Rushmore for the 4th of July. And they said, well, that glorified white supremacy. You see, Project Veritas did an expose and they showed us some of the staffers for Bernie Sanders. In one of the videos, one of these people is talking about how a lot of their beliefs are really fringe and crazy and they can't scare people with this, right? That you basically got to guide people in with normal sounding things, just good old apple pie in America, but for, for social justice, right? And then once you get them marching with you, you can start chanting crazy things, maybe lead them onto some private property, and then, you know, maybe the conflict ensues from there. But I think what we're seeing with a lot of these politicians is either they wholeheartedly believe this fringe, zealous fanaticism, intersectionalism, or they're willing to just go along with it. In D.C., for instance, the mayor, Bowser, actually wrote on the street, on, a, on public streets, a political message. She promoted and joined the protesters and is now telling people not to celebrate the 4th of July. Come on. Now that is mask full off. Americans should stay home on the 4th of July, but by all means, come out and protest for our non-theistic religion. Now that's, that's telling you, for, you know, right away, that's telling you straight, straight to your face what they truly support and what they believe. And in my opinion, it's a big mistake. The tweet from the, Democrat, from the Democrats talking about Mount Rushmore on the 4th of July was deleted. Why? I think they realized that regular Americans find that crazy. So what do you think is going to happen now that you have, say, the mayor of D.C. saying you can go out and protest, but you can't celebrate the 4th of July? This is something I actually feared, and I tweeted about this. What happens when regular Americans are told they can't go out for burgers, brats, beers, and some fireworks on the 4th of July, one of the most important holidays for America, the birth of our nation? But they're told Black Lives Matter gets special access, special, special circumstances. We're being told that the second wave of COVID is coming. You can't go out for the 4th of July. We're told that Donald Trump is glorifying white supremacy by celebrating America. I don't think this will play well because I tell you what, I truly believe regular Americans, perhaps they call it the silent majority, but just regular Americans, many of them don't know or care about politics. Many of the people I speak with on a daily basis outside in the suburbs of, of, of the Philadelphia area, they don't know a whole lot about what's going on day to day. But they love the 4th of July, whether they truly understand what it means, whether they truly care about the founding fathers, they like going out with their friends, firing up the grill, having a burger and hang out with the people they love and care about. Now, we're being told we can't do this in some circumstances. We're being told that it's racist if we do this, or at least if Trump does it. Yet the protests they want to have in no way spread COVID and you shouldn't be allowed to engage in running your business. You get my point. This to me says, 
I have I have to imagine, right? This is good for Donald Trump. But hey, look, the polls are all saying that Trump's doing bad, that Biden's going to win. I can't, I can't imagine this. Maybe the polls are right. Maybe we truly have lost our sense of America. Maybe the sad reality is those that actually believe in this country and believe in its institutions and the Constitution have lost. Nancy Pelosi, for instance, literally got on bent knee for this non-theistic religion, intersectionalism. She's called for the removal of many statues, albeit Confederate ones, which aren't necessarily, I, I can agree with the removal of these statues if done properly and by vote by the democratic process. But this is still part of a movement that seeks to remove monuments to abolitionists, to our founding fathers who quite literally just the other day desecrated an image of our first president. If Donald Trump loses, or I should say if the Democratic Party that is embracing this ideology wholeheartedly wins, it says to me that they're, the people who really believe in this country are gone. Maybe this, this you know, the, the true love for this country doesn't really exist anymore. If the polls are saying what they're saying, and if Donald Trump really is expected to lose, people are supporting all of this, then either they don't care, they don't know, or they really just don't like what America is. Let's read the story and see what's going on with this tweet about Mount Rushmore. And I want to explain to you exactly what my, my position is. But I do think it's hard to know what's going to happen uh, come November. Will Trump win? Will he lose? We'll see. But I got a bunch of stories for you. I want to break down. The Democrats are wholeheartedly embracing this fringe fanaticism. And I think the mask has slipped with this tweet. Now, before we get started, head over to TimCast.com slash donate if you'd like to support my work. There's many ways you can give. And I got to be honest. They're, the censorship is escalating. They're going to start deleting everybody. And they did the other day with, with thousands of Reddit channels, several YouTubers banned. Now you can argue that these channels are more fringe, whatever the point is, the cliffs are eroding. And eventually where we stand will become the edge of that cliff and we too will fall off of it. If you want to support my work in the event that I get purged, then you can go to timcast.com slash donate. There's a PO box where you can send me stuff if you so desire. But let's get back to the, to, to the news. If you just want to watch it uh, or listen, subscribe, hit the like button, notification bell. Let's read the story. Fox News says Democrats tweet, then delete post linking Trump's Mount Rushmore event to glorifying white supremacy. Native Americans say president disrespects them time and time again. They say Trump is set to attend a fireworks display at the iconic landmark that honors George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Theodore Roosevelt and Abraham Lincoln. But a tweet from the Democrats official Twitter page took issue with the president for holding an event there and shared a link to an article published by The Guardian last week about the criticism he has received from the Native American community. Here's here's the actual tweet. Trump has disrespected Native communities time and time again, time, uh, time and again. He's attempted to limit their voting rights and blocked critical pandemic relief. Now he's holding a rally glorifying white supremacy at Mount Rushmore, a region once sacred to tribal communities. Now, many people are taking this to say that they're considering Mount Rushmore to be a white supremacy symbol of something like that. No, 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 no. You need to reread this. He's holding a rally glorifying white supremacy. Full stop. The event, the, the rally could take place anywhere at Mount Rushmore. Mount Rushmore is incidental. Of course, they are still besmirching Mount Rushmore. But understand, the event is a fourth of the a fourth of July celebration the birth of this country, Independence Day, when the United States declared independence from Britain. Now, I know, I know a lot of people say it was actually signed on July 2nd, but it, nah, okay, whatever. The 4th of July is our holiday, okay? Get your ask historians out of here. I'm not going to pretend like I know all the answers, but it's our holiday, right? That's what Trump is doing. 
He's not going there to glorify anything. But you need to understand how this 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 uh, non-theistic religion called intersectionalism works. They believe anything that arose out of European colonialism is itself white supremacy. They quite literally believe the entire country of America is white supremacy itself. And that no institutions, no reforms, no constitutional amendments will ever change that because the Constitution and the system of amendments itself is a structure of white supremacy. Therefore, celebrating the birth of America celebrates colonialism and white supremacy as they describe it. In reality, this country is a melting pot. Many people from around the world come here, people who aren't white, and we all learn to live together and get along. And it's actually kind of awesome. It's like the history of my family. It's one of the reasons one of the reasons I take great offense to these people, because I've been to other countries and it would not be fun for me or my family because America is actually one of the most tolerant places on the planet. And they're criticizing the birth of this nation, which allows my family to exist. That's shocking and scary to me. Think about what this means, though. The people who run the Democrat social media really do believe this. So can we say the entirety of the Democratic Party has adopted this fringe religion. Um, not necessarily, but we can say that enough of them, particularly the younger people, probably the people who run social media, absolutely have. And at the highest levels, they're at least willing to bend the knee, literally bend the knee. Let's move on from this story, though. Here's what I want to show you first. Mayor Muriel Bowser joins protesters. We all should be watching what's happening in Washington, D.C. This, in my opinion, is the perfect example example of this ideology, their worldview in practice. Now, it's one thing for them to tweet and then be like, oops, and take it down. That says to me they realize most Americans don't agree with them and they might lose votes. But we can see what the what the mayor is saying, right? She's saying go out and protest. And she actually joined the protesters on the ground. However, she's also saying that you should not go out for the 4th of July. D.C. Mayor Bowser urges district residents to celebrate 4th of July at home. Now, how can that be? How can you choose one event over another? How could you claim one is safe and one is not? Because she wholeheartedly supports intersectionalism. It's non-theistic religion. They have all the markings of religion. And she does not support these United States. This to me is, is, is crazy. I mean, an American politician saying don't celebrate the 4th of July, it's too dangerous, but by all means go protest for an ideology. That to me is, well, it shows you exactly what these people are all about. It shows you that Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and the other Democrats will literally get on bent knee to these people. There's a viral video of a police officer. He's a black man. And he says that the protesters ask him to kneel. They say, kneel with us. And he says, I don't kneel for anybody. The only the only person I will kneel for is God. It's an interesting idea. Many people of varying religions agree they will only kneel before God. Well, intersectionalism is a non-theistic religion. So the easy way to explain it is like, you know, Buddhism, for instance, doesn't have a God as far as I understand it. They have all of the markings of religion. They have essentially priests and, and preachers. They have original sin. Even they call it privileged. They have, you know, uh, they have all the behaviors. I'm not going to get into I, I did a video on this already. So forgive me. I know a lot of people are going to be like, aha, you're not even going to tell us. No, no, I did a whole video breaking this down. But you really should check out Peter Bogosian, who is a philosopher who talks about this and breaks this down. The point I'm trying to bring up is look how they kneel to this. Yet at the same time, the Democratic Party would tell us that the celebration of the creation of our nation is glorifying white supremacy. 
and then they will kneel for intersectionalism. Nancy Pelosi has called for the removal of Confederate leaders, statues, paintings, and things like this. Now, on the surface, I have no problem with this. Times change. What we support and oppose will change with it. But Nancy Pelosi giving into the removal of statues, in my opinion, shows that it's mostly about supporting those who adhere to this, uh, this non-theistic religion. She's not standing up for America. She's standing up for these people and their fanatics. This is, this is the closest she can get to remaining socially acceptable. Okay, okay, we'll, we'll remove all of these things. Now, the interesting thing about it is that many of the, the, the there are some paintings removed. They're actually people who worked in D.C., but had connections to the Confederacy. Now, that's getting a little weird. I mean, that's a part of our history. That's not a statue that was put up in the 1900s early on by, say, the sisters of the, what was it called? The sisters of the Confederacy or something, or the daughters of the Confederacy. These are people who actually worked in government. Still, if you want to remove them, I think by vote, by, by democratic process, that's fine. But what Nancy Pelosi is doing is what I would call crop dusting the ideology. And what I mean by that is she's getting as close as possible as she can while avoiding being called out as adhering to this, you know, this, 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 these fanatics, their ideology. The, the, the good example being deleting the tweet, right? We accidentally went too far. People recoiled. We must protect the 4th of July. But they don't want you to realize that after you vote for them behind that mask is something else entirely. And that you, you risk losing your constitution, your civil rights, your, 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 your bill of rights, your right to, you know, life, uh, life, pursuit of happiness, liberty, etc. Take a look at this from Snopes. I love this. I use Snopes on purpose. Persons protesting the police custody death of George Floyd defaced a statue of an abolitionist in Philadelphia. True. That's right. Snopes said so. And it's not just uh, this one statue. In Wisconsin, they tore down the statue of an abolitionist who actually died from battle wounds fighting against the Confederacy. And that's what Nancy Pelosi supports when she takes these actions. That's what I find actually fairly scary. And it goes beyond this. I mean, take a look at this. Vandals caught on camera throwing red paint at George Washington statues. They threw balloons filled with paint at George Washington. And what do they say over at the New York Times? Yes, even George Washington. They're slapping you in the face. And here's what I, what I really think, man. I really do think that you have people who love this country. You have people who love this country a little bit too much. And you have people who really do hate this country. It's funny because the trope growing up was that a lot of these conservative pundits were saying like the liberals hate America, right? That's the family guy joke mocking Rush Limbaugh, that liberals hate America. And the liberals would, would, would return with, no, we love this country. And this country is founded upon reform and amendments. And I agree. I, at least I used to be in, in, in alignment with a lot of what the Democrats were saying, but now they're just straight up. No, Fourth of July. It's racist. Yep. George Washington, too. Apparently, even George Washington, they say. Slavery was a cruel institution that can't be excused by its era. Sure, I get it. I agree. But George Washington, no. George Washington, our first president, symbolizes the great reforms we have made and the defeat of slavery. From this great nation, we have gotten rid of these horrible evils that should never be excused. And we're not going to. We're going to celebrate the fact the founding fathers laid down the framework that allowed us to get rid of these things. And the arguments made by famous abolitionists challenged people in this country and said, I think it was Frederick Douglass who said something to the effect of, well, the American people have the will or the guts to stand up 
and, and uphold their own constitution, which laid the framework for equality. And then eventually, yep, they did. By all means, we can criticize the founding fathers. But I don't agree with desecrating their images or destroying statues of abolitionists. That to me is truly, truly insane. Well, at least Donald Trump is doing something, something. Trump vows to jail two anarchists. Please stop with the anarchists thing. These people are communists. They're not anarchists who vandalized George Washington Monument in NYC. We have them on tape. All right. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad something is being done, okay, because we've had too much of this. But I tell you what, the Democrats will still do everything in their power to excuse the far left. And the annoying thing to me, anarchists, 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 shut up, Trump, okay? Republicans, conservatives, stop saying anarchist. When you do this, you are defending tacitly Antifa and the far left extremists. Because to say anarchist would imply they have no plan. They have no hierarchy, no structures, no authority figures. That's not true. They do. They are organized. They plan. They have fundings. They have tactics. They are not anarchists. They are revolutionary communists. Stop defending them by calling them anarchists. Because anarchy implies randomness. It means without authority. It's frustrating me because actual anarchists are sitting around twiddling their thumbs. That's the reality of anarchists. They don't know what to do. They're sitting there having their committee meetings unaware of how to actually run things. These people who are going around smashing and desecrating things have planned it out. They have financiers. They have organizational structure. But I digress. The Democrats would tell you that Antifa doesn't exist at all. Ex-Antifa members slam Nadler. And Antifa member slams Nadler for calling far left group imaginary. That's just fault. False. Jerry Nadler said imaginary things like Antifa. That's right. Because the Democrats, whether they are a part of this or not, are defending it. I think it's because they feel it's a weapon they can wield, but they can't. It's like the one ring. You can't wield its power. You might think you can, but you can't. And you want to know how I can prove it? Let me show you the perfect example. Remember when I showed you good old Mayor Bowser of D.C. saying, get out there and protest and I'll be right there with you. You cannot wield the one ring. It's a Lord of the Rings reference. I don't know. Maybe you guys don't get it. The point is there's a magic ring and everyone wants to use its power, but you can't. You just don't have the ability to do so. And the Democrats think they can use Antifa on the far left to benefit them. But you cannot control this group. Here we go. D.C. protesters dance outside mayor's home demanding she defund the police. And take a look at what happened in Seattle. Chazistani protesters from the autonomous zone showed up to Mayor Durkin's house, but she was supporting them and working with them. Why would they do this? She was furious saying, you're putting my family at risk. (laughs) Yeah, you cannot control these, these people. You cannot control this group. It is a power you cannot wield. But you know what? Trump made them desperate. And in their desperation, they turned to people they didn't quite understand. And maybe this will be bad for them. They just tweeted that the 4th of July glorifies white supremacy. How many regular Americans in the suburbs are now going, what? How many regular Americans who are not white, who are who are who are not uh, wealthy or, or politically active? Remember growing up at a time when the 4th of July came around, And they'd have a barbecue with their friends and their families, enjoy a nice cheeseburger with some, you know, ruffled potato chips, 
a little bit of mayo and mustard on that burger. Maybe you're somebody who likes pickles and mayo. You get your burger from, you know, get your burgers on that way. They remember the good old days. Sitting there, fireworks, because not everybody celebrating this is white. How many of these people remember that, that fun time? They got to see the first fireworks display, big explosions in the sky. They got to go out to the lake, maybe in Chicago, one of the most racially diverse cities in this country. And I, I think it may be the most. And they got to go to the lake and fireworks were being let off. Boom, boom, over the water. And they had a good time with their friends and their families. They cracked jokes, had a beer. It was fun. How many people remember that? And now they're being told it's all about white supremacy. And they're going, what? How many people are like, man, I, I, I met my wife there, or that was the last time I, I hung out with my, you know, my, my grandpa before he passed? How many good memories from that time we all got together on the 4th of July to light sparklers and celebrate the birth of a nation that, although imperfect, eventually came to give people civil rights and to this day still expands those rights, with the Supreme Court recently ruling that LGBTQ peoples were protected from employment discrimination to this day all of the evils they claim about this country. And we are still granting more and more civil rights and protecting people. It, they would seem, uh, it seems they want to tear it all down. How many people remember all those good things and remember all these good things? And even to this day, see these good things are now being spat on by the Democrats who would in- imply they're racist for doing so. I can only imagine in the long run, it, it works out with helping Donald Trump. But I tell you what, if you turn to the media, they'll tell you otherwise. So I'm look, I got to be honest, I'm not convinced Trump's going to win. I've been leaning towards him uh, on, on a track to lose for several reasons, one of which I don't know if you saw my video from the other day, but I actually got a mail in ballot to my house, totally insecure from somebody who didn't. Re- my, my understanding is did not request it, doesn't even live here. Why is there a mail? It's, it's sitting right in front of me. Actually, I can't show it because I don't want to dox the individual, their names on it. But I posted the image on Twitter. You can see it. It's real. Official mail in ballot, it says. Why would this be sent to me? I don't know. But with this level of insecurity, I think there's going to be a lot of cheaters and they're going to try and cheat. I don't know what to tell you. Over at 538, they say, do you buy that? Trump should be worried about recent polls. He's down in Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and Florida by in, in, in Michigan and Wisconsin, double digits. Joe Biden is going to win. Look at this. Why Biden's poll polling lead is different from Clinton's in 2016. Why that's right. They say that even though the polls greatly favored Hillary Clinton, it's different this time. I got bad news for you, Trump supporters. That may be true. They've corrected a lot of the mistakes in their polls. Yup. And the polling difference today is very different from where it was with Hillary Clinton. You've got a pandemic, you've got riots, and maybe people don't really think Trump's the guy to do it. Now, why would they think it was Joe Biden? I don't think so. I don't think any of them think it'll be Joe Biden. But let me warn you all. While Joe Biden hides in his basement, he hasn't yet picked a VP. What if Joe Biden picks someone to be his vice president? who actually does instill confidence in people that he can solve these problems. Donald Trump may actually lose. I'm worried the Democrats have tried to wield the power of the far left. And what's really going to happen is it's going to blow up in their faces. Think about it this way. The Democrats have brought on and entertained the fringe far left to such a degree that their party is being split in half. What happens if come election day, the results come in? Donald Trump, 271 electoral votes, if it's possible. I don't know. He doesn't quite get, he, he just barely gets enough. And they say, well, 270 to win, right? Trump, he's going to win. And why does Biden lose? Well, with around 204 or so electoral votes, what's this? A progressive third party that hated Biden and was propped up by the establishment swoops in and grabs a, sub- a substantial number of electoral votes, splitting the Democratic Party in half. 
and giving Trump a minority victory. Not only would he have a just barely enough electoral votes, but maybe he has 35% of the popular vote. Unfortunately, by splitting the votes among the far left and the, and the mainstream Democratic Party, Biden, Trump is the, is the plurality and he wins. I'm not saying I know for sure what's going to happen, but I can tell you a lot of things can happen that you would not expect. Stop saying it can't happen here because who knows? For all we know, Trump wins 538. Boom. Biggest win ever. Maybe he loses and Biden wins. You have no idea. I think there's a lot of reasons to believe that Trump is going to win. But I believe based on how the media is going after him and the lies and, 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 and the smears, there's a good chance Trump could lose. We won't necessarily know for sure. But Biden tells donors, I'm going to get rid of most of Trump's tax cuts. And a lot of you may not like that. All right, man. <laughs> I don't know how, how this is a winning platform. Read my lips. New taxes. What is that? Ah, wow. You know, they criticize Trump. They say Trump is running on the culture war platform and he'll never win. It's a bad, it's a bad strategy. Well, Joe, Joe Biden's hiding in a basement and he's running on the I'm going to tax you more platform. I'll tell you what, I got no idea what to expect. But I'll tell you this. I am deeply offended when they insult the 4th of July because of what it means to my family. My family who fled to this country at a time when there were no guarantees of civil rights for minorities and for mixed race people. That's right. My, my, my ancestors, my, like my grandmother and her family came to this country at a time when they, when they didn't even have the Civil Rights Act. Can you believe it? That's amazing. It wasn't until 1964 and three years later for the Loving v. Virginia ruling. How amazing is it that America was so great that even before civil rights legislation, my, my, my minority family wanted to be here and they came. And then from fighting for their rights, it, it was granted to them. Man, I love this country and I'm really excited for the 4th of July. And I'm gonna have a good time hanging out with my friends and the people I care about. And we're gonna have some, so we're gonna have beers, burgers, brats, all that stuff. To be honest, I don't eat burgers and I don't drink beer. So uh, maybe some chicken and fish. I'll have, a, I'll, have, I'll have some pulled barbecue chicken. That sounds pretty good. And we're going we're gonna to sit back and there's going to be fireworks all over the place. And we're going to have a good time. And I'm not going to let any crazy politician try and insult what this holiday means to me and the memories that I have that go along with it. So they crossed the line and they knew it. And that's why they deleted the tweet. But let's see if this means anything to the voters when November comes around. Next segment will be coming up at 6 p.m. at youtube.com slash timcastnews. And I will see you all then. The mayor of Seattle is outraged that Chazistani protesters showed up to her house. How could they do this after she supported them and refused to shut down their occupation, even in the face of five shootings? They clearly have her support, yet still show up to her house. And she is deeply offended. You know, I got to say, man, Democrats really don't learn, right? Or whatever it is that makes someone lean in that direction or become a politician, they don't learn. Maybe it's because they have a penchant for destroying history, so they're doomed to repeat it. But they keep doing things that negatively impact them. How many times have we seen stories about censorship and then all of the liberty minded people? I don't know how you describe it. You know, intellectual dark web moderates, conservatives are like, whoa, 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 censorship bad. And the left goes, <laughs> but my private platform. And then they get banned. Well, this is an outrage, I say. How dare you ban me? Or about this, this, this lady. Mayor Jenny Durkin 
saying that it's going to be a summer. of we, we might have a summer of love more akin to a festival. Five shootings happen and still they have not shut down the Chaz. This is hilarious. They tried after the fourth shooting, but she didn't want to use the police and the protesters are refusing to leave. Well, even though she has still refused to do anything about this, businesses are angry. Residents are angry. They're saying enough's enough. There's one video where a dude pulls a gun. I don't know if you've seen this. It's a dude and he's grabbing the barricades and throwing them. Somebody walks up and pulls out a knife and then he pulls out a gun and he's like, nah, 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 nah. And then they back away. And then he goes about flipping tables and destroying parts of the chess. Basically, he says something like, go home, go the F home. How many times do how many more shootings need to happen before the mayor just says to the police, put your armor on, get the bulldozers, get everybody out. We're clearing this out there. There, as, as far as I, I can tell, she's letting this stuff happen. Now, we've got some witness statements from people in the Chaz, but, I, but, I, but I'm, 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 I'm going to talk about the Chaz and what some of the some of the people who live there talk about. But I want to show you this, right? Seattle mayor who defended CHOP is outraged after protesters showed up at her home. Well, let me tell you something. You, you might legally have a right to defend yourself at your home, but the morality police will still come for you. This is the world you helped create. I love it. Take a look at this story. You know, the St. Louis couple that came out with guns on their property when the protesters, rioters broke, uh, broke onto their, uh, well, okay, enter, trespassed onto their property, broke the gate. They came out with guns. Everybody knows the story. Big story. They're going to be investigated. That's right. They will threaten you when the mob comes for you. They say you have no right to defend yourself. These Democrats, man, in in these cities. Now, I I do want to do a a, a brief mention. A lot of people are are saying these guys, this man and this woman are are Democrats. I I did a quick check on their records. I believe they're actually Republicans. I believe they're passive Republicans, like minor donation here and there. Some people think that they're Democrats. I believe they got the wrong guy. They're doing the wrong. They got the wrong guy's name. Anyway, here's the point. When they show up to your house and they're screaming things at you and threatening you, you can do nothing to defend yourself. They will come from. I want to read you a story because they're going to be investigated. And a lot of people are saying they're going to get in trouble. They might go to jail. Maybe it was a felony. That's right. Don't defend your house from the mob. Here's the story from The Blaze. Seattle Mayor Jenny Durkin expressed outrage after Black Lives Matter protesters showed up at her home Sunday afternoon, despite her previous support and defense of the CHOP encampment. Protesters targeted her home after Durkin announced last week the city would no longer support the CHOP, the Capitol Hill occupied protest or whatever it's called, CHAZ, the CHAZ encampment, and would seek to remove the concrete barriers that helped define the autonomous zone. But the CHOP remains intact. You cannot appease them. You can. It's 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 amazing how they seem to think if you if you give in to terror, you will be left alone. I have been saying this for a long time now, more uh, aggressively in recent times. They will never leave you alone. It will never happen. There's no amount of apologies. There's no amount of of of, of you, you cannot bow enough. It will never be enough. They want total and complete submission So you say to them, I'm going to allow you to do your thing, even though everyone else in the city is mad about it. This is the most this is the most annoying thing to me because I've talked to my friends. I got as you as you know, many of my friends are progressives. They're lefties. And and I've talked to a lot of them about statues and and tearing things down and and taking land. And they always offer offer this really passive non answer like, well, I don't think it's right, but I wouldn't stop someone who did. And I'm like, what makes you think like because because they're saying they would actually support 
all this stuff. Like they would go down and, 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 and chant and march, but they wouldn't personally throw the rope. You know what I mean? And I'm like, why don't you vote? Okay. Why don't you go to the city council meetings and put up a vote to remove the statue? And they say voting didn't work. I'm like, gee, have you stopped to think about why that might be? Could it be that you're the baddies? And so I, I ask people, do you know how you determine whether or not you're the baddie? Look, in, look back through history and take a look at uh, uh, all the really awful people and, and countries and governments. They all kind of have a lot of things in common, like, I don't know, banning books, banning speech, things, you know, uh, uh, using force and violence against their opponents. So how about you look back and you question whether or not you're the baddie? But the easier way to put it is when you vote and most people say no, and you say, I don't care what the will of the people is. I am going to go out of my own volition and use and, and, and use force to get what I want. You are the bad guy. That's you. Now, I've often heard people try to conflate civil disobedience and nonviolent protest with, with uh, use of force. No, 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 no. Hold on. Sitting down and locking arms. That's acceptable. That, that, that's annoying. It's disruptive but it does generate positive attention. So the occupied protest goes a bit too far because it's infringing on the rights of the businesses and the residents of this area. If they wanted to block, link arms in an, inter, in, in an intersection, that I get. But they've gone too far at this point, right? There's, there's a fine line. It really is a fine line. We have this protest. We have people taking this, this space and saying, we demand. Okay. Civil disobedience, the only problem is it really is causing destruction and violence to the community that never agreed to this. So it is, you know, an oppressive force. The bigger problem now is all of the shootings. You'd think at a certain point, the mayor would come in and be like, nope, we're done. End of story. Violence is the line. And you guys are going nuts. Nope. (laughs) No, she's just like, well, you know, maybe we need to negotiate with the leaders of CHOP. Okay. So then when she says we're going to clear it out, they show up at her house and now she's crying about it. Durkin released a statement expressing her anger at the protest. She was especially upset that Seattle City Council member Kishama Sawant had joined the protesters at her home. They're going to show up at your house. You think it ends here. You're insane. What, I'm, what I should say is, I don't know to what extent we escalate. But you know that they like showing up to people's houses with like mock guillotines. All right. Mayor Durkin and her family are in the state program to keep their address confidential because of death threats mostly related to her work as Seattle's U.S. attorney under President Obama. Instead of working to make true change, Council Member Sawant continues to choose political stunts. Tonight, she did so without regard for the safety of the mayor and her family. The mayor was not even home. She was working at City Hall. Seattle can and should peacefully demonstrate, but should not put families and children at risk. King TV spoke to one of the protesters about why they targeted her home. We came down to Jenny Durkin's mansion to bring the demands of the movement and of the families who have been impacted by police violence to her doorstep. And she seems to not be able to hear out demands any other way. Demands, demands. We don't care for votes. We don't care for community. We have demands. That is not how this country works. Maybe, maybe uh, internally. Externally, I'm pretty sure <laughs> that's exactly how the U.S. works, or, or at least to a certain degree. The point is, you know why they're showing up at her house? They're trying to instill fear in her. That's the point. That's why they're showing up at her house. You know, you'd think that private residences and people's private lives would be off limits. No, they want you to fear. They have burned down buildings. They have shot and killed people. And now they're showing up to your house. What are you going to do about it? 
That's why that's that's why she's freaking out. But you know what? I tell you what, man, Mayor Jenny Durkin, this is your fault. There is no point at which they stop. Okay, if you keep giving them things, they'll keep saying, I want more. It reminds me of like this one time I was 16, right? And I was taking the train in Chicago and I, I, I had some crummy fast food jobs. So I had actually just gotten paid at a couple hundred bucks. And I get out and there's a homeless guy and he's asking for, for he's like, please, man, I'm so hungry. I, can, I need some food. And I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll get you. So I walk up this little kiosk and I'm like, uh, you, want, you want like a soda and, and a food item or something? So then the guy says, he's like, let me get that sandwich, uh, a Coke and Newport box 100s. And I was like, wait, what? I didn't say you could buy cigarettes. And then he begs me, come on, man. I haven't had cigarettes in so long. I could use a pack. The guy wouldn't sell them because I was 16. So I was like, here's money. You can buy whatever you want. The guy buys it. Then I'm walking away and he stops. He goes, wait, 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 wait. He's like, can I get some more money? And I'm like, bro, I just bought you cigarettes, food. No, no, come on, man. And then I told him, I was like, bro, I'm sorry. I don't have it. And he goes, I thought you were cool, man. And I was like, what, dude? I just gave you all of this stuff. And it was never enough. That's the point. The protesters are going to be like, we just want the police to be defunded. And then you're going to be like, okay, we'll defund them. Now defund them more. Okay, we'll, we'll shut down this program. Now shut it all down. But what if I don't? We'll come to your house. That's what they'll do. And that's what they did. Complicating the matter was in another shooting Monday. Wow, 16-year-old and a 14-year-old injured. 16-year-old dead. Police are investigating the incident. I'll tell you what. Here's where we're at. Morality policing. You know my favorite thing about the revolution is right now? That they have corporate sponsorship. For real. Have you checked out the McDonald's Twitter page? They got the big old banner. Don't you love it when the, when the violent riots and rioters and extremists get corporate sponsorship? You know why? It's because McDonald's is scared. For real. What's going to happen if they came out and said, they're like, we, we better just give these people whatever they want. Because regular people don't speak up. Voting for Trump won't do anything. You know why? It says nothing. It just says you voted for Trump. And, and these people, when they, when, they, when, they, when they read nothing but the New York Times or CNN, they have no idea what you are talking about or what you care about. Now, the people who show up with signs making demands, McDonald's gets that. That's what I say, man. Andrew Cuomo comes out supporting these things in New York because he sees a mob of people bashing windows and waving signs. And that's all he sees. And he says, clearly, no one else cares. And look, obviously, some people don't like it for sure. We'll hear them out. But for the most part, people are just saying, leave me alone. So who do you got to pander to? The people with the crowbars and the baseball bats and the Molotovs. That's who you pander to. Of course, New York's arrested several of these people. I get it. The point is, McDonald's has no idea what you care about. All they know is people will show up and throw bricks through their windows unless they put up signs saying, please spare us. I talked about this before. You go to Berkeley, you go to Oakland, walk down these streets. You do not want to live this way. Every business has signs in the windows saying, you know, uh, some, some stupid support thing, Antifa signs and Black Lives Matter. And we respect, you know, minorities and stuff like that. And all these weird pandery signs. And I was at a bar there and they had some, some sign in the window that was an insult to Trump. And I was talking to the bartender, this woman, and we're talking politics and she seemed fairly moderate. And I said, do you guys really hate Trump? And she goes, mm, no, not really. And I'm like, then what's with the signs? Like they'll, they'll throw bricks to the window unless we put it up. You want to live that way? Is that how you want to live? Where roving bands of extremists break onto your property, destroy things and threaten your family at your home? 
Well, that's where we're heading. And that's why McDonald's puts up their stupid message. It's basically their national umbrella of please don't break our windows. We'll do whatever you say. Same thing with all these other companies putting out these messages. They're doing it because they're scared, because terrorists have been romping about the streets, threatening people, shooting people in parks. Not an exaggeration. Just happened in Louisville. Five shootings now in Chaz. Yeah, these people are scared. And you know what the problem is? Unless Trump comes out and actually does something, they're going to feel like they have no support and no one will save them. Now, Trump has come out. He has. The DOJ is their task force. They've made several arrests. We now have, you know, in certain states, they're making arrests. The people need to feel like there is something they can turn to, that they have hope. If Donald Trump can't create that image, if he can't give that feeling to people that I will have your back, then they're not, I don't believe they'll vote for him just because he's better than Biden in terms of law and order. Trump needs to prove. He, he needs to be saying, saying, come to me, come and I'll save you. Come hide in my bunker. And if he can't do that, people won't know what to do. Maybe he'll, he'll ramp this up. There have been several arrests. Trump has, you know, tweeted out all these images of the far left. Maybe that's all he needs to do. Because maybe now people like this at these, at these homes where they're pulling out weapons are saying like, Joe Biden's not saying anything. If anything, he's agreeing with these people. The Democrats just tweeted out something saying that going to Mount Rushmore was glorifying white supremacy. They deleted it really, really quick. Now, people are going to be like, please save us. And it's not going to be Joe Biden. Take a look at this. Here's, Here's the scariest thing about it. These people, I don't know if they're in the legal right or not. In my opinion, they should be. Absolutely should be. Now, mind you, their gun training is lacking. But okay, if you enter private property, and you are shouting things, and you're in a group of hundreds of people. I don't care if you, at this point, as an individual, are saying, I didn't say anything. It's not fair that they pointed a weapon at me. You're in a mob. Like there's, there's, there's a point at which you are an accomplice. You are aiding and abetting violent activities. So this, is what these, these, this is what the far left does with their black block tactics. They'll tell regular people to show up wearing black hoodies, wear black. That way they know that the extremists will be able to commit crimes with impunity, because the cops can't identify them. So if you go and you march and you have no idea what's going on, well, now you're a useful idiot who's, who's providing cover for the extremists. You show up to these, people prop- these people's property, their private community, and then you start chanting things. According to these, this couple, they were, they were threatening to burn down the house and to kill them and kill their dog and stuff like that. So they went out and got guns. They went inside, got guns, came out. Guess what? The St. Louis authorities are saying, how dare you? try and defend your property from a mob, especially considering that buildings have been burned down. Cities across the country face widespread rioting and looting. And someone was just killed the other day. There's been five shootings in the chest. But you have no reasonable expectation. You have no, you have no right to defend yourself. These people, if they go after them, in my opinion, all they have to do is say, these, these riots have been going on for a month. They destroyed things. They burned things down. We saw what happened in Ferguson years ago with people getting shot. And then they entered our private property, our private community. They broke the gate and were threatening us. So we got our weapons. And what person in St. Louis is going to be like, lock them up? Maybe. That's the, that's the fear of morality policing. Check this out. St. Louis attorneys, Mark and Patricia McCloskey, went viral. This we understand. They were armed with a rifle and Patricia with a handgun. They stood outside as protesters marched by. Now, this the guy seems, uh, my general understanding, based on what I've seen, seems to be safest in terms of legality. He's holding the weapon wrong. Doesn't seem like he knows how to use it, but hey, he's got one. 
The woman, however, like walked up to people and was like pointing it with her finger on the trigger. So, you know, I don't know what happens there. But now we can see that the, uh, uh, the circuit attorney has issued this statement. It reads, I am alarmed at the events that occurred over the weekend where peaceful protesters were met, met by guns and a violent assault. We must protect the right to peacefully protest and any attempt to chill it through intimidation of, uh, or threat of deadly force will not be tolerated. My office is currently working with the public and police to investigate these events. Make no mistake, we will not tolerate the use of force against those exercising their First Amendment rights, and we will use the full power of Missouri law to hold people accountable. All right. St. Louis Police Department is reportedly investigating the incident as fourth degree assault by intimidation. And there it is. They can break into your private community. They can threaten you. They can destroy the gates. And you can't defend yourself because if you do, you will get arrested. This is hilarious. It reminds me of like something happened to the UK where someone broke into an old man's house. I, I, I could be getting the story wrong, but the old man defended himself and the robber got seriously injured and they ran away and then died later. So they charged the homeowner with murder. It's like, well, you didn't have to kill him. He broke into my house. I don't know what he was doing. What if he had a weapon? That's, that's, that's the, the, the real problem of the, the extreme nanny state and this fringe ideology. It does not respect your right to, to be safe. And this, in my opinion, will create the, the uh, it's, 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 it's filling up a powder keg for revolution. If people feel like there's no hope, there's no one they can vote for, and they feel like no matter what they do, the state is going to come after them, what are they going to do? They're going to snap. Here's the point. I warned you of this. I did. And I'm warning you now of what comes after we see this. We'll see if these people actually get charged and arrested. But take a look at what happened in Atlanta, that cop, the Rayshard Brooks uh, killing, the cops being charged with felony murder. The government, seeing the widespread riots endlessly, decides it is easier just to strip the civil rights of one person or two people than to deal with stopping a mob or a riot. How do you end mass rioting? We don't know. We can come out with force that might actually make things worse. It's very difficult to deal with. Send the, send the National Guard, maybe the army. There are ways to deal with it. But what happens is these police will be standing there and they'll see a massive group of people screaming and throwing things. And they'll see one person scared saying, stop, stop, please help. And the cop's going to go, well, I can't stop all of these rioters. But if I arrest this guy, they'll be appeased for now. And there it is. Morality policing. We've seen it with the arrest of the guy in Atlanta. And now I think we'll end up seeing it here. You come onto private property in a state with castle doctrine. I don't see why these people should be investigated for anything. I think they should be like, stop, nah, 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 back away, back away. They broke on a private property. Doesn't matter. Does not matter. Reminds me of TikTok. Do you hear this story on TikTok? The way it works in the US is they say you're a vulnerable group. If someone speaks negatively about you, then that's hate speech. And, you know, you'll get like you, the speaker, get suspended. In, in China, with TikTok, because they run it, it works differently. When a mass amount of people were brigading, like there, there was one woman who was like ugly or something. And so a hundred, hundreds of thousands, hundreds or thousands of people start spamming, messaging, brigading, insulting. And so TikTok decided the easiest way to stop the bullying was not to ban the bullies because there was too many, but to ban the ugly person who was being bullied. That way there would be no one to bully. Isn't it hilarious how that works? That's authoritarianism. And that's what I think we're going to see. Ban the victims. Arrest the victims. That's what will happen. So here's what I think comes next. 
The protesters show up to Mayor Durkin's house, right? And they're screaming and they're making demands. Maybe the escalation dies down. Maybe the police actually come in and enforce things, but I doubt it. You see, the police have already violated constitution, uh, the Constitution during, during, during COVID. Why should I expect that these, these city cops are going to do anything? Now, of course, the small town cops like in Virginia have stood up for the Constitution. It's the big city ones. Take a look at Mayor Durkin. She has supported the chop. She has done nothing to stop this. And, and she's angered the police. The police are, they're not doing anything. And she's not doing anything either. So what happens when the protesters go insane and demand the arrest of maybe not the mayor, that's a step too far, but of some lower ranking government official saying they committed a crime, they said something, the police are going to be like, we can't stop these thousands of people. You're going to have to come with us. We're going to arrest you. And there you go. We've already seen things like this happen. Take, for instance, in Canada, I know it's not America. There's a journalist by the name of Dan Dix, who's a small independent YouTuber. He was surrounded by a bunch of Antifa screaming at him and threatening him. The cops arrested him. I kid you not. <laughs> arrested him. It's easier to arrest the victim. That's morality policing. So don't be surprised if slash when it comes for you, the people you know, when it comes for random people in your neighborhood. What if they come and protest at, at, at these people's house now? Think about it this way. They're being investigated for fourth degree assault. What happens if the protesters start saying, we must protest these people in their mansion and their white supremacy? And they start chanting and there's thousands of people screaming, saying we demand their arrest. The cops are going to arrest them. The cops are going to be like, OK, OK, OK. Whether it's legal or not, they will do it. That's what's scary. They've already released people on riding charges and, and uh, uh, low level protesting charges in New York and Fort Worth. The guy in Louisville got arrested for two, uh, twice for rioting. They release him. Then he commits a mass shooting. So what do you think the cops are going to be scared of? Thousands of people who are uncontrollable and possibly armed and screeching and making demands or two people who, of course, have already bent the knee. Let me tell you something. These two people. OK, apparently I looked up the records and it looks like the guy. I don't see any donations. The woman may have, uh, uh, I, I believe this is all public record, mind you. Maybe a Republican. I'll just put it that way. I believe, based on the records, I, d I did a general public uh, record search. Looks like they're Republican, at the very least, slightly leaning towards that. These two people issued a statement through their lawyer saying, we support the protesters. And it was, in fact, the white people who were causing problems. Amazing. They said, oh, oh, no, we didn't come out it, because of race or anything like that. That was nothing to do with it. But those white people, that's what they actually said in their statement. I think the statement was stupid because we judge people based on the content of their character, not the color of their skin, right? These two people have already bent the knee. They're probably terrified. They're, they're already desperate. They should have stood firm. But now I tell you this. They're weak. They will not fight back. They will not defend themselves. They have already gotten to their knees and begged, please, please, please. So what happens when the mob shows up to their house again and they're being investigated for fourth degree assault? They will go and no one will protest. This is what, this is what these people in government are, are considering right now. Listen. The cops, the high ranking people are going to be like, we got a mob on our hands. What do we do? Well, these people will not stop. The only thing we can do is try to placate them for now. All right. Well, what happens if we arrest the couple? Nothing. Literally nothing. They'll get arrested. That's it. And then they'll fight it in court. And then maybe in six months or a year, they'll win. OK, arrest them. Easier, right? Because if we arrest them, no one will say anything. No one will do anything. There will be no protest. There will be no speech. There will be no outrage. People will just grumble on the internet. If you don't arrest them, then the rioters will go insane. That's morality policing. 
I'm, I'm, I'm fully expecting of something like that to actually take place in the near future. I mean, to be fair, we've already seen it with that cop in Atlanta. They burned down a Wendy's. The, the city freaked out. They put up a bunch of lies about this guy. And then they arrested the cop who was defending himself. And there you go. That's what they're going to do. And it's going to keep happening because these people are zealots. They're fanatics on the far left. They don't know what they're talking about. They don't read the news. They don't know anything. And they don't care about justice or fairness. They care about getting what they want, regardless of, of what anyone else thinks. They don't care about your rights. They care about their, de- their demands. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel, and I will see you all then. You know, it's not that long ago that CNN's Oliver Darcy wrote a story where he said that right-wing media was claiming that Antifa militants had taken over a part of Seattle and authorities say otherwise. I don't know what the point of that story was because we have videos of them doing it. They called it the Chaz. They set up barriers. And now several people are dead. It's funny. They're not militants. John Brown Gun Club. Apparently, security, I don't know if it was, if it was the gun club, security last night killed somebody, shot at a vehicle. I don't know exactly what happened. Most people don't. Uh, they said that the vehicle was doing a drive-by or something. They fired at it. It crashed in a barricade. No idea. But a 16-year-old, I believe a 16-year-old died. You want to talk about armed extremists taking over the space. Perhaps CNN was wrong and just writing fake garbage for the sake of the right is always wrong. Well, now we have this story. Father of Chaz shooting victim. Bring in the National Guard now. Things are getting crazy out there, man. There's a video going viral right now from, I believe it's Provo, Utah. A Ford, I think it's an expedition, is driving down the street and the protesters swarm it. And the guy driving or the person driving clearly doesn't want to ram into everybody slows down. And then you see a dude come up the side wearing a mask with a gun, bang, fire right into the vehicle. And the vehicle still doesn't speed out of there after someone fired a gun into the vehicle. This is crazy stuff, man. The question now it being asked by hot air, at least, is not uh, here's what they say. It's no longer a question of how to end Seattle's brief experiment in armed anarchy. It's a question of who will step up to end it. The father of a teenager murdered last weekend in the Chaz Chop wants the National Guard to restore order before more people get murdered in the lawless zone. You know why? Who's dying? Who died? Two young black men died in the Chaz Chop. So they're certainly not fighting for racial equality. They're just making things worse. And where's the mayor? I'm going to negotiate and do nothing. Now a kid died. The mayor could have stopped this. And now a kid is dead. Look, I don't know who caused this, what, but lawlessness is what you get. You get people losing their lives. And the, the, the mayor has failed entirely because this is now the fifth shooting. The mayor could have done, the police could have come in. The mayor could have had this cleaned up. No, the father wants the National Guard. Let's, let's read this story and see what the experts are saying. And now I want to show you this video, but I also want to talk about how the media is portraying this, right? Because I, I got, uh, it's a good one. In New York City, protesters are clashing with police over a new occupation they're trying to set up, demanding the defunding of the NYPD. And yet you look at some media outlets and what do they show you? They show you happy dancing and everybody's smiling, Skittles and rainbows, huh? Here's a story. They say Horace Lorenzo Anderson stood in the embrace of Andre Taylor, a leader in the local anti-police violence movement. Anderson was there to shine a light on the murder of his 19-year-old son and namesake who was shot and killed inside the chop zone last weekend. He says the zone should go. This doesn't look like a protest to me no more, said Anderson. That just looks like they just took over and said, we can take over whenever we want to. Anderson thinks the National Guard should should be asked to return. 
They should deploy them here to say, man, it's time to go. It's time to move move on and break this up. Yep. You know why you need the National Guard? Because the mayor and the governor are, well, the mayor's been completely ineffective. And the governor has been too. But the governor will have to call in the National Guard because the mayor is not doing anything. They say we'll take a show of force, one expert told Como today. And maybe more than, than a show. At this point, the amount of force necessary might exceed what the Seattle Police Department can deploy or will have the authority to use. For one thing, a police officer said, the ban on tear gas makes actual violence a lot more probable. This is what these people don't understand when they talk about chokeholds and tear gas. You realize that these are, are gradual steps in an escalation of force, right? No, they don't. They say cops shouldn't be allowed to use tear gas. Okay, then what are they going to do? What if they come out with rubber bullets and the other side has actual bullets? It's called an escalation of force. So when they can't use tear gas, they have to use something, right? Shields and batons, and they march forward, pushing through people. But these people have bricks and weapons. So what happens? The police will have either no ability or no choice but to escalate. Here they got, they have a, they have a statement here. Jesus Villa Hermosa is a retired sergeant with the Pierce County Sheriff's Department and has been uh, and has been considered a use of force expert for decades. Quote, I just think there's going to have to be action that is taken at some point if there isn't a breakthrough. And that action to Villahermosa involves using force. I really believe at this point, the protesters have really forced the hand and we're going to have to use force. But according to the Seattle Police Officers Guild, President Mike Solon, the inability to use things like tear gas limits what can be done. The only option now is to use our physical bodies and our baton to hold people back. The problem for the Seattle police isn't their tactics or strategy. It's the city leadership provided by Mayor Jenny Durkin. And for that matter, the leadership provided by Governor Jay Inslee. The time for taking back the Chaz was the moment the barricades began going up. Mayor Ted Wheeler had to show what kind uh, Mayor Ted Wheeler had to show that kind of firmness twice in Portland, Oregon, and it paid off. Protesters still threw tantrums and Molotov cocktails, but civic authority prevailed, and so did governance to all of Portland citizens. In D.C., a video is going viral. D.C. police came in and knocked down some tents. In Chicago, in uh, Nashville, in Asheville, North Carolina, the police shut it down right away. But what happens when your mayor is completely ineffective, incapable, and spineless? You get five, five shootings five shootings in like a week. That's what you get. These other jurisdictions prevented all that. Unfortunately, Seattle is just unable. They say it has become clear that Durkin lacks the uh, intestinal fortitude necessary to bring this violence to an end. Police Chief Carmen Best all but called Durkin a coward in public yesterday. And still Durkin refuses to act with any firmness at all. She apparently wants to wait until the Chazians, Chazistanis, get tired and go home. But how many Seattle residents have to die for that strategy? How many have to remain hostages to an anarchic mob? It will take the National Guard under the leadership of Inslee to, in or, uh, to order an end to the Chaz. Because if Durkin orders the police to do it, it's pretty clear she'll quail at the first sign of resistance again. Former federal prosecutor Gregory Wallace, Wallace warns cities that this is a preview of what defund the police will produce for them and not just in terms of violence and anarchy either. Okay, I got to stop you right there. I am sick. I am sick of these people saying anarchy, anarchy, anarchy. Get yourself a dictionary, okay? These people have no idea what anarchy means, and it's so annoying. Chaz is not 
anarchy. They have armed factions that give orders. They have their warlord. You have rules you have to follow. It is not anarchy. There is an authority. And they just killed somebody last night. Or not, la- I, 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 not last night, the day before. Okay? You want to talk about what anarchy is? It'll be a bunch of people sitting around confused because and without archy authority. It's not anarchy. Stop saying it. Get yourself a book. I'm so sick and tired of this. Anarchy, 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 anarchy. No, it's called authoritarianism. They're called authoritarian or revolutionary communists. Stop defending the communists. Listen, this is authoritarianism. Taking over territory with guns and barricades, forcing people to do what you want is not anarchy. Anarchy would be people running around confused. No one would be in control. That is not what's happening here. The city is not in control. You could call that anarchy, I guess. But in the Chaz, it is revolutionary communists walking around with guns. And when a car was driving around, they claim that this person was shooting. They shot back. That is not anarchy. There is a structure to what they are doing, and they have the authority within the zone. They will beat you. They will, they will search you. They will do what they want. We've seen the videos. Stop saying this. True anarchy means no authority. And true anarchists do not believe in using violence against other people. But for some reason, they love just saying anarchy over and over and over again. I find it really, really annoying. The reason I find it annoying and why it's so triggering to me is because you quite literally have Marxist and revolutionary communists waving a flag of communism. And you're like, I think they're anarchists. No, are you nuts? Jeez, stop. I just can't stand here and anarchy, 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 anarchy. Over the weekend, three people di- uh, over the over the weekend, three people, all black men, were shot in the chop, and one died. Okay, well now it's 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 worse than that, right? They say it's coming to a city near you as well. At least if local civic leaders think appeasement works when dealing with mobs, Wheeler at least proved Wallace's point in Portland, which is that you can have reform in the midst of anarchy. Oh man, you know what? I'm not going to read this anymore because if you can't, if it, look, Ed, if you don't know what the word means, I'm sorry. You are talking about revolutionary communists. There's literally a group. They are called revolutionary communists. That's their name. They give out flyers. They give out books and magazines. They're not trying to create anarchy. They have organizers. The organizers are in charge. They tell people what to do. Go talk to some real anarchists about what these these structures are supposed to look like. And it's not this. It is not this. Okay. Now, you want to you want to argue that uh, an, an anarchy, an, an anarchic system would be a flash in the pan because some authoritarian group might take over. Sure, fine. But this isn't anarchy. Maybe it was for five minutes before the people with guns showed up and said, we're in charge now. OK, now you've got authoritarian, far leftists, socialists, communists, whatever, taking over. That's it. Anybody inside, you do as you're told. They just walk up and they say, boom, we're doing it or else. And it's enforced by the people in charge. But here's let's 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 move on. Check out this story. Police investigating after driver pushes through line of protesters in Provo. Gunshot reported. This is a crazy headline to me, man, because the actual video is a gunshot straight up. There's the guy wearing a mask, pointing a gun, and he fires it into the vehicle. And they're and they're like, oh, the guy was driving through the crowd. It's like uh, the car was driving slowly. They surrounded the vehicle and fired a bullet into it. And the, 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 the car still didn't just plow through people. It still jerked and like 
you know, like went a little bit and then stopped because it didn't want to run somebody over. The, the person, didn't, I don't know who it's a man or a woman who was driving. You fire. I'm surprised, man. You fire into a vehicle. I'm surprised they didn't just hit the gas and just plow through everybody at that point. They didn't do it. But this is the headline. They even mention they're like, it looks like, you know, here, here check this out. Another video sh- uh, uh, shows what appears to be a man in a mask pointing a gun at the passenger side of the excursion as it pushes forward. A loud popping sound is heard and a flash is seen from the barrel of a gun. Are you kidding me, dude? That's <laughs> that's called someone shot a gun into a vehicle. This is what we get. This is what we, we get from the media that's not going to tell you what's really going on. Now, look, I'm really annoyed about the anarchy thing because it's just been nonstop. People can't keep like, why are you defending communists? You know what I mean? Anarchy implies these people are random morons running around doing moronic things. They're literally organized. Antifa has functioning cells with funding. They are not anarchists. They are not some dumb hippie sitting in a circle discussing how to vote on, 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 on you know, where to grow their watermelons or determining that the, the, the free market should handle things. They're literally secretly using tactics. They have organizers. They have trainers. They have teachers. They have financiers. And they are communists for the most part. Stop defending them. You are, you, by, by calling them anarchists, you are implying they aren't as organized as they really are. But this is what we get from the media. Take a look at this. Oh, I'm sorry, not this one. Protesters and police clash in New York ahead of the vote to slash NYPD budget. Yes, if we jump over to say like the Daily Caller, we can see that there are fights going on. During a disagreement early on, a woman nicely told me not to film. People are fighting in the streets. They're, they're tearing down barricades, clashing with cops. And we get the story from the Hill. I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like every single outlet is always bad. But you got to be careful, man. The propaganda is expanding. The people who, could, who, are, who are infiltrating these media outlets, they clearly have sympathies for extremist far left ideologies that don't function and don't make sense. And they're pushing propaganda. You think Twitter would be doing it? You'd think so, right? Because Twitter is clearly far left. They are. Take a look. The Hill will tell you that protesters and police clash in New York. Let's, let's, let's take a look at what Twitter says. Here's what's happening in New York's Occupy City Hall protest. And it's just some people smiling and dancing. You know, it's all good. Everything's, everything's great. We're having a good time, man. You know, smiling, dancing. That's awesome. Now, to be fair, obviously the dancing and the smiling is really happening. This is a choice of framing. And it's, it's, it's difficult in some instances to actually frame something properly when you're trying to get a photo to encapsulate what is really going on. Now, if it were me, I'd probably show the clashes with police because I think that's more pertinent to what the protest is doing, what their tactics are and what they want. They show you dancing, but the dancing is incidental. Dancing happens. The dancing is in no way a tactic to gain anything. That's why I think it's not relevant. And I think this is improperly framed. The reality is people who want stuff from the, from the, from the government are clashing with police, stealing barricades, confronting them in the streets and fighting each other. These are the tactics being used to get what they want. They're using force. They're using force against each other and the police, and they're making demands. The fact that some people happen to have been dancing at one point doesn't tell you anything about what their goals actually are and what they're doing. It would be like if they took a picture of someone eating a hamburger. Yes, to be fair, people are probably eating hamburgers. And to be honest, it's New York. So I imagine they're eating probably from like kebab carts. They're really good, by the way, the halal food stuff. That chicken over rice, man, that's good stuff. Yeah, I could show you that. I could show you someone eating an ice cream cone. Does, is, is that what's happening in the Occupy City Hall protest? It is. 
Does it exemplify what the protests are doing? It doesn't. So why is this what you get when you go on Twitter and you click? Here's what's happening at New York's Occupy City Hall protest. Because these people are biased. So they want to show you happy smiles and dancing. Everyone having a good old time. That's all it is. Because they don't want you to know what's really going on. Violence. People getting hurt. Cops getting, you know, uh, fighting back. I mean, they're clashing. It's not like it's, it's necessarily a one-sided thing. I think it's fair to say it's the protesters and the rioters, which they evolve into. They're the ones who are kind of starting things. Check this out. Police in riot gear are seen pushing protesters back in video footage reported by ABC News. The clash between protesters and police followed the arrest of an 18-year-old from Brooklyn that police said was caught spray painting a statue outside City Hall at 2.40 a.m. The man, Dominique Tambo, has reportedly been charged with making, uh, making graffiti, resisting arrest, obstructing governmental administration, criminal mischief, reckless endangerment, tamper, uh, criminal tampering, and disorderly conduct. So here you have a dude clearly committing a multitude of, of crimes. The police go to stop them. And here's what the protesters really want. They want to stop the police from being able to do their jobs. So of course, what will the leftists show you to make sure you don't ever interfere? And so you blindly support them. Happy dancing. Oh yeah, having a good old time. To be fair, you know, over in the Chaz, that's mostly what's going on for sure. But when you don't take care of something like Chaz, where there's no cops, you get multiple shootings. In the occupation in New York, you actually have police, you know, fighting with protesters. They say the arrest may have prompted protesters to move into Center Street from a park next to City Hall, where they stayed for hours until law enforcement pushed them back around 6 a.m. The clash comes after weeks of protests in the city. We understand this. New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio on Monday said he proposed a budget that includes $1 billion in cuts to the police. The department has an annual budget of about $6 billion. That's massive. Let me tell you what's going on in New York City. There's a story. Uh, I, I didn't end up covering it the other day, but it was like, I think three people were slashed. Shootings are up, I think, like 60, 70%. And there was, I, I'm not sure if it was Dermot Che, who's the commissioner. I think Dermot is the commissioner. But somebody said, a storm is coming. A storm is coming. And the NYPD uh, reassigned 600 cops from their anti-crime unit to other units. So what do you think? What do you think happens when you get rid of the cops? We can see it in New York. They're, they want to defund the police. Shootings are on the rise. The NYPD are far from perfect, man. It's, it's, it's massive and it's very difficult to scale up how these police operate because you lose a bit of that community, uh, community in, in, the, in your policing. These cops don't know you. They don't care about you. And they deal with too much BS. Over in Seattle, they got rid of the cops outright, and not people are just shooting each other. So, 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 you know, pick your poison, I guess. You can have a, a dejected, demoralized police force that can't help you, and then criminals go around shooting people, or you can get rid of them altogether and create autonomous zones where it's the Wild West, baby. That's basically what Chaz has become. Because if, you know, you, these people who have lost their lives, think about it. Let's say you got a beef, and you know there's no cops here. There'll be no camp. There's, there's basically no cameras. They're not going to be able to get evidence. What do you do? When the first shooting happened, the cops couldn't even get in. So how would the cops even investigate what happened to try and figure out who did what? Can't do it. And now you're getting conflicting reports as to who shot, why they shot. This is what's happening. So you know what? I'll tell you what. Maybe that dad, maybe that dad is right. I don't know for sure, man. I'm not going to pretend like I have all the answers, but I'll tell you this. The mayor needs to, needed, needed to shut it down. If the mayor won't, perhaps this dad is right. Bring in the National Guard and shut it down. What about Trump? What's Trump doing? This is a tough position because I see a lot of people saying Trump needs to do something. I certainly said that. The issue is, to what extent should Trump intervene in states affairs 
And to what extent is he obligated to interfere? You know, so, so the idea is some people are concerned that Trump will take the bait, as it were, that he'll invoke the Insurrection Act, send in the, the military to shut down these occupations and these, these riots and protests, which have been going on now for a month. And that'll make him look bad. It, the, the, the Democrats will say he's a dictator. Look at him. He's a dictator. Maybe he, regardless of whether, they, whether, whether or not they think he is, Trump should intervene. Now, the DOJ has got their task force. They're arresting people. So Trump isn't doing nothing, you know, but he's certainly more concerned about federal jurisdiction than state jurisdiction. And that's because, well, the states are in charge of what happens in their borders. Now, at the federal level, they're going after these extremists and far leftists who cross state borders because now it's become a federal issue. I got to be honest, though, it really does feel to me like Trump is doing the bare minimum that he can to make it seem like he is doing things, but to allow these to fester so it makes the Democrats look bad. To be fair, it makes them look bad. If the Democrats won't get up and do their jobs, it's, is it Trump's job to handle local policy? No. Now, Trump could come in and crush this. He's not going to do it. I think his mentality, in my opinion, is probably like, hey, man, that's their problem, not mine. I'm not going to be the one who takes responsibility for what happens because these, these local jurisdictions won't do what they got to do. And you know what? It's going to help him win a re-election because people are going to demand that he actually enforce some federal laws when this gets out of hand. I mean, this is already out of hand. So look, when the victim of a shooting at the Chaz, when their father comes out and says, end this now, at what point do you say, okay? Because you're certainly, I have to imagine you don't really think that black lives matter if you're allowing now two young black lives to be, to be taken. You got to do something to stop the violence, man, because now three, three young black men have been shot. If you really do believe they matter, then we need law and order to return so these people can be safe, so everyone can be safe. I guess maybe, maybe that's a bit too hopeful because Seattle, they got the worst leadership I've seen in this country in a long time. I'll leave it there. Stick around. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at TimCast.net, and I will see you then. To say that Chaz has devolved into chaos would be a horrifying understatement. According to a medic, it's like a war zone. According to one witness, the Seattle Chop Zone Armed Security, or as I like to call them, the Chazistani National Guard. This witness says they fired 300 rounds on the night they killed a 16-year-old black kid who was driving this vehicle and critically injured his 14-year-old passenger. In new video that's emerging, you can hear what allegedly is one of the, one of the Chazistani National Guardsmen saying, oh, you're still alive? You want to get pistol whipped? We don't know exactly what happens. Uh, happened this night when the shooting occurred. But I got to tell you, man, I've been listening to some of the audio. I've been doing some research. And one of the live streamers on the ground at the time of this shooting said there have been several shootings that we're now learning are unreported. Why? Because when the shootings happen and no one gets hit, nobody reports on it. For real, that's it. So apparently, according to this live streamer, and I don't know how, how we confirm this, he said earlier in the day, twice on two different mo- two different incidents, there were shootings. Why aren't we hearing about this? Why doesn't this come out in the press? Because no one got hit. So nobody reported it. And the Chazistanis won't tell you this. They're not going to come out and volunteer this information like, hey, everybody, we just want you to know somebody was firing their gun in Cal Anderson Park earlier today. But on the live stream, they will mention it. So if you're paying attention, you're hearing this. Let me just wrap this up for you. Chaz is, is in total chaos. They're completely unable to do anything about it. The mayor is freaking out. They march to her house. Now she's blaming someone else. Seattle is is falling apart. Okay, 
Businesses are furious. They're suing. The cops can't do anything. The Chazestanis will not back down. They are armed, entrenched, and it is getting worse. So what does the mayor do? She's demanding that action be taken against another city council member for protesting her. What a pathetic and broken city. It's sad, man. Seattle's a nice place, but this is just utter chaos. And what's really amazing is how it takes so few people for, the, for a city like Seattle of like half a million people to descend into complete and total chaos. Now you've got people being shot and killed. There are some reports that the, the so here, here's what we're hearing right about these kids in this car. We're hearing that they were like driving around and doing donuts and firing randomly. So the Chesapeake National Guard starts shooting at them, unloading on them. Now this medic who says 300 rounds, I don't know if I believe that. You mean to tell me that these Chesapeake National Guards guys have got multiple clips on them? And they're like, you know, firing, eh, eh, bam, 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 reloading. I really don't think 300 rounds were fired. In the video, it sounds like maybe a, more than a dozen, maybe a couple dozen. But what some people are saying is that these kids actually weren't doing anything other than joyriding. And the National Guard, fearing, the Chesapeake National Guard, sorry, fearing that it was an attack, just started unloading on the car, killing these kids who then crashed once they were shot. In the video, you can hear what sounds like some kind of bang before you hear what sounds like a car crashing into a barricade of some sort. I don't know. I wasn't there. Can't tell you. I can tell you you got multiple reports. Nobody really knows. The cops aren't allowed in and we'll probably never know, except for the people who are on the ground. But I can tell you these shootings are taking place. And when people don't get hit, nobody says a thing. That's Seattle right now. That's 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 man. I'll tell you what. Well, they're trying to clear it out, but they can't do it. Check this out. Chop avoids a chop. Defiant occupants of Seattle's cop-free zone rebuild barricades, fortify their compound minutes after the city attempted to reclaim the war zone. You know what, man? I'm getting sick of talking about it. I'm getting sick of hearing about it. The mayor is such a pathetic, spineless, ineffective leader. You need the police. Have you not even thought about this yet? Well, we've got all these protesters that that won't let us come and clean up. Have you considered, I don't know, getting a bunch of cops, having them put on, say, some armor and take a shield and marching through the neighborhood? You know why? These fringe wackos taking over your city do not represent your constituents. They do not represent the people. They are a group of opportunistic morons who are playing stupid games and winning many, many stupid prizes, including now multiple people dead. And as far as I can tell, more than six or seven various different shootings, depending on if you believe the live streamers, we've got five confirmed shootings because people are actually hit by bullets. And what about the moments where he says people have been shooting, but nobody got hit? How many of those have gone unreported? And you still won't clean this up. You know what the mayor and all of her stupidity is doing right now? Instead of dealing with this problem, she's complaining. She's complaining that the other city councilwoman is, is, is protesting and she wants her expelled. How about you stop bickering about politics and you stop demanding uh, some kind of action against a councilwoman and you get the police department to go through Chaz, make some arrests, try and deescalate. And if they can't do it, then you got to clear these people out and restore order. Could you imagine if someone like her became president? Help us if, if Joe Biden becomes president. Seriously, someone like her, Joe Biden is going to be sleeping in the basement. He's going to be a wheelchair, with a little blanket on his lap, and there's going to be fires and explosions and people are going to be screaming, Joe, help us. And he's going to be like, oh, what? well, I'll tell you what, you know, go the thing. And people are going to be like, what? This is what you get 
with with spineless leadership. Look at this. Look at this. This is what you hold on. I'm getting ahead of myself. Take a look at this. They tried to clear out the chop, the chaz. They can't do it in New York City. They have set up another occupation. And you see on like Twitter, they're like people dancing and they're like, this is what the the, the New York City occupation is really like. Meanwhile, they're like fighting cops and like grabbing barricades and running and people are getting arrested and they're defacing, you know, monuments and stuff. But it's all just happy dancing over in the chess shop, completely unable to stop this. Check this out. They say they rebuilt barricades in just minutes. Protesters were then filmed putting up plastic barriers, couches and trash cans in an attempt to replace the concrete barricades. Protesters move a couch and other items to replace concrete barricades cleared by the Seattle Department of Transportation workers at the intersection of 10th Avenue and Pine Street Tuesday. I tell you what, man, you know what comes next? And I'm worried about this. What happens when a city worker is told to go in there and they get shot? How much, we, don't, we, don't know, we don't know who's getting shot or why. We have no idea what's going on. What happens with one of these workers comes in and they're like, I don't know, man, that's why I'm going to move this. And then someone shoots them. Why would I expect otherwise when these people literally tried claiming it was an autonomous zone? When is the mayor going to get up out of her? Just, just when is she going to actually do her job? You know, there was a post I talked about. It was, it was on a, a Reddit page for the Chaz. And someone said that the mayor is going to lose reelection because of this. And people are like, no, she isn't. The people of Seattle support this. Not anymore. Yeah, she's going to lose. She's definitely going to lose, in my opinion. Okay, maybe I'll be wrong. We'll see how things play out. But I have to imagine regular people watching all this go down and an ineffective, spineless mayor unable to stop the graffiti, the vandalism. Why would they vote for her? She can't do anything. I'll put it this way. Let's say like, I don't know, your dog barfs on your floor, right? And you're like, man, I got to go to work. I don't got time to clean this up. I got it. I'll hire someone to clean my house for me while I work, right? So you, you, you make a phone call. They say, we'll be right over. We will clean up while you do your thing, right? So this, the people come over and you're like, great, I got to go to work now. You come back, the barf's still there. And you're like, yo, the barf is still on my floor. I hired you to clean it up. And they're like, we're going to try discussing the barf and figuring out why it's still there. And then you're like, dude, I paid you to just get rid of it and make sure this place stays clean. You, you see what I'm trying to say? If you elect a mayor to make your city run properly, and they can't do it. And people are getting shot. Why would you reelect this person? And what are what are the priorities of, of this mayor? This morning, Seattle Mayor Jenny Durkin transmitted a letter to the city council urging members to take action against Councilman Sawant up to and, include, and including expulsion. The letter listed several accusations against Sawant that the mayor thinks are grounds to do so, including allowing hundreds of protesters into city hall hours after putting safety, uh, putting safety of city workers at risk leading a protest to the mayor's home, despite the fact her address is protected due to threats stemming from her work as a U.S. attorney, using her position to encourage protesters to occupy city property, the East Precinct. Mayor Durkin wrote in the letter, policy disagreements do not justify a council member who potentially uses their petition in position in violation of law or who recklessly undermines the safety of others, all for political theater. What, a, what an absolutely pathetic politician. Jenny Durkin should be recalled immediately. Whatever, man, I don't live there. You guys vote for whatever you want up in Seattle. That's your business, not mine. I'll tell you how, how I feel about it as an American, though. I think this is absolutely insane that it's come to this point where you can have multiple shootings, some dead people, and, and, and this just keeps happening. They can't do anything about it because uh, what, what I mean to say is they could. You know, the police could come in and do something about it. No. 
Welcome to politics. Your city is crumbling before your very eyes. The businesses are suing. You, you know, you know. I'll, let me tell you to these businesses filing a lawsuit who said we don't want to d- d- bad mouth the protesters. Grow a spine. These are not protesters. Stop placating these people. The St. Louis couple who came out with guns. You know, they issued a statement saying like we support the protests and civil rights. We are just mad at the white people. Keep bending the knee. Keep doing it and see if anybody cares to come to your defense. I'm sitting back and I'm watching Seattle, you know, basically crumble in in becoming a war zone. And what happens when these people start expanding the chop because no one can stop them? They're emboldened now. You try taking out the barricades. They don't care. These people are armed. The shootings haven't stopped. You need to just clear it out. Okay. Regular people understand why police don body armor and march in the streets making arrests. Not because they're evil you know, uh, stormtroopers. Sometimes there's police brutality and sometimes they, they go too far for sure. But you, there, is no, there is no constitutional right to maintain an occupation of a city where people are getting shot and killed. That's not, that's not a First Amendment thing. I'm sorry. You want to go out and peaceably assemble. I believe it'd be fair to say that barricading off parts of streets and seizing property isn't included in the First Amendment. But by all means, have your, your policy disputes. This city council member should be expelled. No, you should be expelled. Yeah, she should be expelled too. But get rid of all of them. You know, you know what my position is right now? And it's been this for a while. I said, I said it, what, a year ago? Just get rid of all the incumbents. Every single one. I don't care if you're a Democrat. I don't care if you're a Republican. Congress, gone. You're all fired. We'll rehire some other people. I know, I know. I'm taking a leap from Seattle to Congress. But that's how I feel. I'm just sick of these, these politicians who can't get, get anything done. I'm not going to pretend like I could do anything better. You know, but I can say there's too many do nothing politicians who are just like, well, I'm just going to sit here. I have the job, you know, and I'll get fired next year. Fine. Whatever, man, I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up in a few minutes and I will see you all shortly. We have a major update on the Provo shooting. I talked about this earlier, but now we it appears we have confirmation from police uh, in Provo. This car was driving down the street. We don't know why. I believe it may have been a woman. I'm not sure. I'll read. I'll read you their tweets. An insurrectionist, an extremist, what do you want to call him? Pulled out a pistol, fired, and shot the driver. Let me repeat that for you. One of the Black Lives Matter extremists, whatever you want to call him, pulled out a gun and shot the driver of a car who was just trying to drive down the street. This is what happens when you have no police, when these, when these, when these things are unconstrained. And I've never been the biggest proponent of police. I'm totally a fan of reform. All right. I recognize people are people, but this has gone too far. When is it going to stop? When will any of these politicians do something about it? You know, right now we've got Trump kind of holding back. He's he's taking care of things on a federal level, dealing with people crossing state lines. You know, he's trying to charge people who, who desecrate statues when they've crossed state lines and he has federal jurisdiction. He's, he theoretically could invoke the Insurrection Act. He's not going to do it. Some people say it's because, you know, the Democrats want him to. They want to call him a dictator. Look, you know what, man? With, with the Chaz Chop, with the New York occupation, with the chaos that's been, been bubbling up, I, I, we've got dysfunctional government across the board in this country. Let me, read, let me read you what the police said in Provo. This is Provo police. They say, the city police were made aware of a planned police rally and a counter protest scheduled for last night. Both events coincided without incident until 8.38 p.m. when a call was received regarding possible gunshots and a hit and run. Shortly thereafter, we received another call regarding a shooting victim at Utah Valley Hospital. Numerous citizens and protesters provided video footage. 
a white SUV was driving south on University Avenue before pulling into the right turn lane in an attempt to turn onto Center Street. Several protesters began crowding around the vehicle. A male protester ran to the SUV on the passenger side, pointed a handgun at the driver and shot one round through the window. The driver, who was struck by the bullet, hit the gas, trying to leave the situation. The same protester ran after the vehicle and shot a second round that went through the rear passenger window. The video then shows the protester conceals the firearm and continues to protest. The same protester later approached another vehicle at the 500 North University Avenue, striking and breaking the window with the handgun. We are grateful for the photos and videos we've received, and we are following all leads. If anyone has video or photos of the incident at Center Street and University Avenue, please contact Detective, Detective Patterson. And they say the, the email is, uh, is available through the Twitter thread. What, what do you call this? What, what, come on. You guys tell me, what do we call this? I don't know. What do you, what do you call it? We've now been going on over a month of ex- explosive, violent riots, windows being sh- shattered, bi- uh, bu- uh, businesses being looted and destroyed, all while in the backdrop of, or I guess in the foreground of a pandemic, which apparently is getting worse. Everything's falling apart all around us, huh? That, that's what it seems to be. And now, we, where, where's this? Where that, where's the headlines? CNN? Fox? Any, anybody? MSNBC? Anybody want to talk about this video of a Black Lives Matter extremist? I don't know. What do you call them? They're not protesters aiming a handgun through the window, shooting someone driving their car. Not the first time. Things are getting crazy out there, man. And what are we supposed to say? Should I not talk about it? Should I not point out that things are breaking down? That Seattle cannot get control of the Chaz? That's just, what do we do? What do we, I don't know. I really don't. I, I think we're on track as much as, I have no idea, man. I, we're on track for, for an insurrection act, okay? Will Joe Biden win the presidency? I have no idea. But I'm going to pause right here because I got to give a quick shout out to today's sponsor, Virtual Shield. Head over to hidewithtim.com and you can get a VPN service, a virtual private network service from Virtual Shield for just $2.50 per month. A VPN, for those that don't know, is a basic layer of security to protect you from people who might want to spy on your data, see what you're doing. It's a simple level layer of protection. It's the easiest way to explain it, but it can protect you from hackers and some kind of, you know, just general spying. I usually explain it to people like this. We don't always expect someone to break into our house, but we still lock our doors and windows anyway. So a basic layer of security on the internet makes a lot of sense, especially considering a lot of us are doing work remotely right now. If you want to prevent someone from snooping on you and trying to steal your data, Virtual Shield can be that service. So again, go to hidewithtim.com. And for $2.50 a month, they got a VPN service. These guys are great. They're my first sponsor. They've always been there for me. So I really appreciate it. But let's get back to the story. This chaos certainly helps Donald Trump. You, you look at that, that, that couple in Seattle, right? Where they came out with their guns. You, you, you think regular suburban Americans are watching that and saying those good, that, 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 those good hearted mob, you know, that, that good hearted violent mob, you know, those, that, that, that poor violent mob. Is that what regular Americans in the suburbs are thinking? It's almost too perfect for Trump. I got to say, it's almost too perfect. It's almost like Trump realized he lost the suburbs in 2018. And the grand conspiracy is actually to win the suburbs back by shocking the hearts and minds of people terrified the mob will come to them because these protests have erupted in small towns. They're not going to tell you that. I mean, you're not, you're not going to hear that on the mainstream news and the big pundits. But yes, Provo, it's not, a, it's not the smallest of small cities. But in the suburbs of Chicago and stuff, yeah, yep, it's been happening. Well, here's what's happening in Chicago. The police will deploy 
1,200 extra officers to control violence over the July 4th weekend. Oh boy, man. I can only imagine what's going to happen. These police are being demonized across the board. Morale is down everywhere. People are being shot just driving their cars through their town, rushing themselves to the hospital. And still in this video in Provo, they still tried avoiding running someone over. I'll tell you what, man, if it were me and someone ran up to my car with a gun and shot me with it, I would hit my foot to the gas. No questions asked. That's it. You think the police are going to stop now? You think anyone's going to stop now? Did you? I don't know if you've seen the video, but the police just told you straight up. They're driving a car. They tried turning and there's a mob in the street. There's no barricades. No one knows what's going on. And a guy runs up and shoots the driver. What do you think happens next? You think the next time a driver sees a crowd, they're going to be like, let me just slow down and, and wave to this fine group of people and then get shot. Or do you think they're going to be like, hit the gas, baby? Then what happens? I don't know, man. But I think it's kind of funny that, what is it now? Like every single day for a month, every story has been about escalation of some, to some extreme degree. Chicago police are going to deploy 1,200 extra officers to control violence over the July 4th weekend. What do you think about, what about other cities? What about the cops who are demoralized? I'm not entirely convinced CPD is going to show up with all this insanity going on. And, and I don't think their hearts are going to be in it. You look at Atlanta. You know, this cop has his weapon. His taser gets stolen. It's fired at him. He defends himself. Now he faces death row. I don't believe the police are going to have their hearts in this anymore. I think, you know, there, there was one story I was reading earlier. The LAPD morale is, at an, is like lower than it's ever been. I don't know how you quantify morale, but everybody's upset. And, and many of these officers are saying it's just not worth it. And there was that viral video, small town, smaller town cop saying he was quitting after 10 years. He put in his notice because it, it, it's just, it's not worth it, man. Nobody, nobody's got the backs of these cops. I mean, obviously some do, but the establishment doesn't, the media doesn't, and the activists are just assailing them. Uh, and, and then what do we get? We get memes where they're like, you know, every cop is bad. All cops are bad. A cab. It actually means something else, but we'll just say bad, right? The reality is it's not true. You know, all cops are clearly not evil. We need the police out here because violence is going to erupt. But I'll tell you what I think is going to happen, right? And there's a reason I highlight this story. With the, with the shooting of the driver in Provo, I just see more of that happening because the cops aren't going to now all of a sudden change their minds. The police in these areas aren't going to be like, oh, oh, things are getting bad. Oh, I better throw myself on, you know, onto the, uh, onto the line for these other people. No, they're going to be like, it's getting worse. I better back away even further because I'm not going to be protected. You know, we've already seen what happens. They'll, 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 they'll come after you. The morality police will charge you with felony murder for defending yourself. Take a look at the couple in St. Louis. Like I mentioned, now they're being investigated for fourth degree uh, assault by intimidation or something, a lower level crime, but they're going after them for trying to defend their property. Why would a police officer respond to a call? Why, I'm surprised that we're even hearing some the cops in many of these areas are actually still doing their jobs and haven't walked out. I think it's fair to point out, you know, where I live, right? Small towns. I live in a smaller suburb. The police don't feel attacked or threatened. They feel like at a national level for sure. But they know that we as a small community have their back and we like our cops. You walk in and there's the, the same cop, you know his name. And you walk up, you say, how's it going, man? How's your day been? It's like a regular person you can talk to. It's not the same in Chicago and LA and, and, and bigger cities. So Chicago, Chicago is going to deploy these groups, right? Let's, let's, let's read a little bit here. They say Chicago police chief announced late Monday, the city will deploy 1,200 additional police officers to hot zones, experiencing an increase in violence 
in hopes of containing a wave of shootings that has left dozens dead, including at least 10 children and hundreds wounded. Chicago Police Superintendent David Brown announced that officers will work additional shifts from Thursday until Sunday and focus on controlling violence on the city's south and west sides over the holiday weekend. The department will also be working proactively to control crowds gathering in violent areas before shooting breaks out. Man, I left Chicago, man. They call it Chirac. There's gun violence. It's bad. Crime in all these cities, it's, it's spiking. The protests haven't stopped. Police resources are strained. And now we got a holiday weekend coming up. We got the mayor of D.C. supporting the protests, which in turn ends, ends in tons of violence while condemning the 4th of July. And I just got to say, man, I wonder if it's all on purpose. You know, not like individuals are controlling everything, but that there are people who just want to watch the world burn. And this is the chaos vote. What I mean by this to clarify is that many people voted for Donald Trump. I don't know how many because they wanted everything to burn down faster. And maybe that's the people who are out protesting, actively encouraging chaos and destruction because they want things to accelerate. There are a lot of people who are accelerationists. They think the faster it happens, the better. I certainly don't agree with that. But everybody, it's, it's like they're falling into these camps of either you know, I don't know, man. I don't know. I just saw, I just saw what happened in Provo and I was like, I, they, they shot this guy or this, this person. I think maybe, maybe a woman, I don't know for sure. Could you imagine driving your car and someone just reaches in and shoots you? What, what, what I don't know what people are going to do. I don't know what cops are going to do, but I don't know how we, how we, how we deal with these things. Maggie Haberman over at the New York times said, Trump is acting like he's the, the you know, the star of a crime show while most of America doesn't agree. And I'm like, are you nuts? Have you looked out your window in New York City? Crazy. Now, I know you look out the window for the most part. Things are fine. I'm, I'm speaking figuratively. Are you paying attention? Gun sales are skyrocketing. People are getting shot. Cops are being killed. The riots have been going on for a month. And you think Americans don't see this? Whatever, man. Maybe they do have their heads in the sand. I guess we'll find out. I got one more segment coming up for you in a few minutes. Stick around and I will see you. You know, recently I said I was never going to do a video on the coronavirus ever again because... After all of these protesters came out in the tens of thousands and they started saying, oh, well, we're braving COVID. We understand the risks, totally undermining their entire argument about the, the, the anti-lockdown protesters. I said, you know what? There is nothing you can say to make me ever care about COVID again. The hypocrisy, the stunning hypocrisy. U.S. lockdown protests may have spread virus widely. Cell phone data suggests, oh, we all saw the news. We all saw what they said. If you believe you have a right to go out and, and the government can't lock you in your home figuratively or shut your business down, you were killing grandma. But when the Black Lives Matter protests erupted, they said that actually you were fighting for justice and risking getting sick yourself. Now, I'll tell you what. After that, I said, I don't care. That's it. I literally don't care anymore. You are not going to, I'm not paying attention. You know what? Restaurants are starting to open up. We'll see what happens. But now they're announcing there's another wave coming. Well, even in the face of all this news about the second wave, I said, no, I am not going to do a video about it. But how would you like to see an article that not only makes me very interested in the coronavirus, this is an article that not only undermines your constitutional rights, the entirety of the arguments made by the left when it came to basically every single thing that happened over the past several months. But what I'm about to show you is literally a punch in the face to every American who wants to run a business, go for a walk, and believes in their constitutional rights. While The Guardian and other outlets were claiming about a month ago that your protests were spreading the virus potentially, 
Here's the latest story. This is the story from the Colorado Sun. As you can see, it is a certified NewsGuard source. The Black Lives Matter protests may have slowed the overall spread of the coronavirus in Denver and other cities, a new study finds. While the protests brought thousands of people together, they likely caused many more to stay home. A research team, including a University of Colorado Denver professor, concluded. I kid you not. If you protest and you say no lockdown, well, then you were spreading the coronavirus. Now, if you do literally the same thing, but the words that come out of your mouth are different, you're slowing the, the virus now. What? You know, I saw another story. They were like, we believe the coronavirus causes diabetes. What? Does anybody know what this thing is or is doing at this point? I am fed up. I said I wouldn't do a video about it. I said I was done. But this is not just a step over the line. This is them jumping so far past the line. They're winning. They're winning. They're breaking Olympic records. Black Lives Matter protests slowed the overall spread of the coronavirus. Let me break this down for you one more time. If you go outside with a large group of people and huddle together and then say the word, no, the words, no lockdown, everybody all of a sudden gets infected with COVID. Ah, grandma's running for cover. She's diving behind rocks. The virus is floating through there. You can see it. It's a green cloud. I'm exaggerating, by the way. I'm, making, I'm, I'm joking. Now, if you go outside, stand with a bunch of people and say Black Lives Matter, well, then the coronavirus shrieks and dissipates into the air and everybody is all better. How could these stories simultaneously exist? I have no idea. I don't know, man. I, I, have, I really, really just have no idea. But welcome to, uh, welcome to the media reality. Black Lives Matter protests may have slowed overall spread of coronavirus. You know what the argument is? They say, let, let, let me read it for you. Let me read it. As protests against racism and police violence swept across the country, drawing massive crowds into the streets amid a pandemic, public health officials worried about uh, what the overall impact would be. Would these protests, which many health leaders said they support, also turn out to be virus super spreading events? Remember when we saw the photos of the nurses standing in the street defiantly going like, mm -mm, you're not you're not driving past me because I'm a nurse. Yeah. And they were like, look at these dumb rednecks. You know, the nurses are saying, don't do it. Then what did we see like a month later? The same nurses out holding the signs in the protests and clapping and cheering as the protests marched past them. And they were wearing face masks and full PPE, clapping for the massive order of people standing shoulder to shoulder. Yeah, rules for thee, but not for me. A new study by a nationwide research team that includes a University of Colorado Denver professor has found something surprising. The protests may have actually slowed the overall spread of the coronavirus in cities with large demonstrations, including Denver. We think that what's going on is it's the people who are not going to protest are staying away, said Andrew Friedson, the CU Denver professor, who is one of the paper's co-authors. The overall effect for, this, for the entire city is more social distancing because people are avoiding the protests. So oh, that makes tons of sense. The people who are normally under a lockdown order, who can't run their business and are told to stay home, are now staying home more because tens of thousands of people are defying the lockdown order. What? My, man, if you want to talk about something not making any sense, there it is right there. Let me say it one more time. I really just want to drive this point home. These people out protesting normally would be at home because there were stay at home orders in most of these places and because businesses were closed. 
They're quite literally saying more people are staying home because more people are going outside. What? Tens of thousands of people marching through the streets, not at home, shoulder to shoulder, breathing on each other, many without masks, many who are sick. Yet they're saying it slowed the spread of coronavirus. I don't know, man. Now we've got we've got more breaking news. Fauci is apparently saying that we're going to see 100,000. What, 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 let, me, let me let me just pull it up. Dr. Fauci, CBS News, 100,000 new coronavirus cases per day. Are you, are you kidding me, dude? I, don't, I, I can't believe anything these people are saying. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's just the way it is. You know why? They first came out and said, don't wear a mask. And there's video of Fauci being like, don't don't get a mask. Don't get a mask. Then they came out and said, wear a mask. Now they're saying everyone should wear a mask. OK, apparently, I believe this was a Business Insider article. They said that uh, uh, Fauci said the reason they initially said not to get a mask was that they were worried healthcare professionals wouldn't get them. And they wanted to make sure healthcare professionals got PPE before everyone else. I can understand that. But was that an admission to lying? Was the media lying to us? I don't know. So you, here's, here's what I do. Let me tell you something. I use NewsGuard certified sources. You see that right there? Good old NewsGuard. NewsGuard telling me that the Guardian is green check marks all across the board. They're safe. Use them. Good for you. And over here at the Colorado Sun, we got the same thing. What do we get here? We got, oh, look at that. Green check marks all across the board, except there's no advertising on the Colorado Sun. So not applicable, they say. Well, they're both trustworthy. So try to explain to me how it is that if you're standing outside shoulder to shoulder protesting against your lockdown, you are spreading COVID. But if much larger protests happen and the words are different, you're slowing COVID. All right, let's be fair. Let's 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 play the game for a second. Maybe they'll try and argue. Well, many of these lockdown protests were inside. Not true. I believe there was like one or so that was inside, but mostly they were outside. In fact, some of them were in their cars. What about going to church? So you're saying, how about everybody goes to church because people want to avoid the big church ceremony, right? What they're saying is very obviously insane nonsense. Literally makes no sense. I don't understand how how they think. You know what, man? No. I get it. I already know what's going to happen. This article and this study is going to cir- circulate among the, the lemming morons who are going to be like, wow, we're actually slowing the thread by protesting. And then people are going to protest lockdown and they're going to be like, stupid bigots. I guess when you have no critical thought capability, but you have the right to vote, you will be taken advantage of by people like this, man. Now, I think for the most part, you know, we can make jokes about the average person being dumb. I think most people, individuals, actually smart. The bigger issue is who you trust. And I think right now the average person is being misled by nasty politicians who lie for, for political gain. Now, of course, stupid people exist and smart people exist. But a lot of the smartest people I know, like really, really smart people on the left, are just not exposed to the facts. They won't see these articles. They won't. Some people I know just spread news via meme. And they're not stupid people. They're just not active people. They don't pay attention to the news. So they see a meme and they go, wow, and they just believe it. Unfortunately, many of these people will still go out and vote based on their lack of knowledge. So what do we do about it? Inform people, educate people, talk to people, do our best to spread the word and explain how this is completely absurd. Black Lives Matter protests slows down coronavirus. Well, you heard it here from a, from a NewsGuard certified source. source. So I'll tell you what. I think I can now say definitively that according to this study and according to this source, look at these look at these medical workers out there protesting, huh? The fact remains, going out in large groups has slowed the spread of the coronavirus. That's what they're saying. What do you want me to say about that, YouTube? 
You're going to get mad at me that they're reporting this? We're not. So, uh, the YouTube rules say that you can't encourage people to do, uh, to do things that, that may be dangerous. Okay. Well, they're saying large protests are not dangerous. So should people go and engage in large protests? That actually might help, they say, huh? So what's the difference between saying Black Lives Matter and anything else? Certainly the words you use won't impact the spread of the virus, right? Your argument is that people will end up staying home because they're going out in large numbers. You see how this 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 weird. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know what to tell you, man. I really don't. But this 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 year is getting weirder and weirder and weirder. That's all I can really say. I don't I don't I don't exactly know at what point I'll get banned because I can't tell you two different things at once, can I? Certainly one of them is wrong. I guess I'll leave it there. I'll see y'all tomorrow at 10 a.m. Thanks for hanging out.